Black Friday was ugly for the New York Jets as they were dominated by the Miami Dolphins. We'll discuss today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets. Your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, November 27th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, please give it a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out and helps other Jets fans find the podcast. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today we're here to talk about a Jets loss. They were blown out on Black Friday by the Miami Dolphins 34 to 13. The Jets fall to four and seven on the season. They are now on a four-game losing streak. This one was ugly and before we get into that, I just want to thank everybody for bearing with me. I did not have an immediate recap episode posted. I was just so upset with this performance by the Jets that I felt like I needed a, d- a couple days just to get away from it before we went back and talked about what happened because this was such a bad performance by the Jets on so many levels. Really, the only silver lining for me was I watched this game with my 91-year-old grandmother. We actually have a tradition either the Friday or Saturday after Thanksgiving every year, I go up to her house and we have leftovers from uh, Thanksgiving. So she invited me up Friday to watch the Jets. And I got to tell you, folks, if you think I'm hard on the Jets, you should have heard the things she was saying about them. And I think she was right. Look, you if you get to 91, you're pretty smart. And I mean, the comments she was making during the game, I thought they were pretty sharp. You know, she was talking about how the Dolphins plays look so much better designed than the Jets plays. You know, why can't the Jets block anybody? What's wrong with the Jets coaches? The Jets should get rid of these coaches. They need new coaches. All stuff I think you and I were saying. So you may want to listen to Grandma's podcast on the Jets over this one. Uh, but... This game featured what will probably be remembered as the signature moment of the 2023 New York Jets season. And I probably don't need to tell you what it is. You could probably figure it out on your own. Right before the half, when Tim Boyle threw a Hail Mary pass to the end zone, Dolphins intercepted it and ran it back for a touchdown. And this was part of a sequence within the span of one minute and five seconds. So with one minute and five seconds left in the second quarter, the Jets were down 10-0. They are down by 10 points. In the final 65 seconds of the half, the Jets had two interceptions, one of which was returned for a touchdown. And somehow the Jets went to halftime trailing by more than when they started. They were down 10 points with 105 left in the first half. Two interceptions, one pick six in the final minute five of the first half. They go to the locker room down 11. Doesn't that tell the story of the season for the Jets? And on that Hail Mary, I mean, I'm not sure like anybody necessarily did anything egregious. I think it it was a really bad luck play. And, of course, only the Jets could have this happen to them, where a Hail Mary gets returned for a touchdown. And it feels like every bad season has, like, that signature moment. You know, sometimes it's a signature game where you just look back on it, and that's what you remember about the season. And if you ever wonder why things went wrong, you look back on that moment or that game. That moment for the Jets was the Hail Mary. But I think it speaks to a broader issue with this team, and that's simply that for the 2023 New York Jets, the margin of error is so small. 
they can't win games unless everything goes perfectly for them. You know, they get they force four turnovers against Buffalo or against Philadelphia, or they have this miracle sequence at the end of the game against the Giants where the Giants completely mess up the last minute. You know, they try a field goal when they should go for it, and they miss the field goal, and then they commit a penalty, and the Jets hit some big passes. Like, the Jets can't win games unless literally everything goes perfectly, and a lot of that goes back to the issues that they have on the offensive side of the ball, but that's just no way to win in the NFL. And this is what we were talking about, even as the Jets were winning those games against Buffalo and Philadelphia and Miami, that the way they were winning those games, look, you're thrilled to take the W any way you can get it. Nobody will ever take those wins away from you. But one of two things was going to happen for the New York Jets. Either they were going to play better, either the performance level was going to improve, or they were going to start losing games. And my hope was that the performance level would improve as the schedule got easier. Unfortunately, it really has not. It stayed about the same, and this offense cannot function on any level. I think we all knew heading into this game that Tim Boyle was very unlikely to fix the Jets' problems on offense. Now, I spent the whole week saying that I felt the Jets needed to make a quarterback change, and I agreed with the decision because desperate times call for desperate measures. The Jets had to shake something up, and it had to be big. But being realistic, heading into that game, I mean, you heard what I said at the end of the week. I wasn't really expecting much to change on offense, and we saw literally nothing change. I mean, Tim Boyle was as ineffective as Zach Wilson was at quarterback. In fact, I think there's a pretty strong case you could make that Tim Boyle was worse than Zach Wilson at quarterback. I mean, Boyle wouldn't even try and throw the ball down the field, aside from the ill-fated Hail Mary and then maybe a couple throws late in the game. It's just really hard to win games in the NFL like this. I mean, this defense is a solid unit. It's not the 85 Bears. You know, DJ Reed made that statement before the, the start of the season that the goal was that the defense would perform at the level of the 85 Bears. And that was kind of a silly thing to say. I mean, I understand preseason hype. I understand you're trying to talk yourself up. I understand that you know, you're trying to convince yourself that you can play at a really high level this was never going to play at the level of, this defense was never going to play at the level of the 85 bears that was an iconic unit one of the great defenses of all time but this defense is really good and in this game they showed some fight in the first half you know when their offense couldn't get anything going they held the jets in the game they made plays when they needed to no they didn't force a lot of three and outs that's not something you can really expect when you're facing an elite offense, at least in terms of points per game. This Dolphins offense has done really well this season. This Jets defense held its own, and they at least kept the Jets on the cusp of the game. And they even produced points. Brandon Knuckles had the pick six, that pick six with a minute left in the first half. At that point, for like that one-minute stretch, it felt like, you know what, the Jets were really... Show, just were really sticking around in this one. This this show, this felt like the kind of game that could go to the fourth quarter. Maybe it could be another game that the Jets stole. Maybe something special would happen in this one. It felt like maybe the Jets were getting into attack of Iloa's head because he came right back out and threw another interception to DJ Reed. And then comes the the Hail Mary that get, got run back. And you know, at the end of the day, it's a weird play. It doesn't happen. Of course, it's the only only the Jets could this happen to you know it couldn't happen to any other team that something as bizarre as a hail mary getting run back for a touchdown happens but that's not the type of thing that should end a game yet that's the way it felt in this one you know it felt like miami was in complete control for like the first 29 minutes then it felt like hey you know what they haven't put the jets away yet and the jets scored a touchdown and two is making mistakes left and right this is the this is a jets kind of game one play should not end that it shouldn't feel like the game's over going into the locker room down 11. Yet that's where the New York Jets ended up. It just shows you that the margin for error is too slim. 
The Jets aren't really capable of blowing teams out right now. They're not really capable of winning right now. And the Jets, while they might be mathematically alive for the playoffs at this point, it's very difficult to envision a scenario where they make a run. No, like being two games out with six to play, that's a really tough spot. Being, you know, needing to pass seven teams, that's a really tough spot. The odds would be against you anyway. But it's really, really hard to see how the Jets have the firepower to do what needs to be done, to roll off a bunch of wins in a row. And this game was just maybe the best reminder of all season of how thin the margin for error is for this team. It's too thin. And that's one of the biggest problems with the Jets. But I think there's another problem with this team. And, you know, I hate to say it, it's coaching. I think that there are a lot of coaching errors in this game, lots of coaching themes that we've seen throughout the season that have really held this team back. And as we continue on this Monday edition of the Locked On Jets podcast, I'll tell you what some of them are. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by LinkedIn. You know, when you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. I think the Jets, maybe they should look to LinkedIn Jobs to find a new coaching staff. I think that some coaching changes are in order for this team. So perhaps LinkedIn Jobs is where the Jets should look. You should know that LinkedIn is not just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses can get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing many hats and may not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This time of year can be a lot, and it's natural for you to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. But, but adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. And therapy could be a bright spot amid all the stress and change. Something to look forward to to make you feel grounded and to give you the tools to manage everything going on. Helpful ha Therapy has many broad benefits. Include, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. BetterHelp. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listener, first watch every day. And a big shout out to you, Everydayers. This is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new episodes each day through the week, Monday through Friday, and then bonus episodes as needed. Today we're here recapping a Jets loss. They were blown out by the Miami Dolphins on Black Friday, 34-13. to 13. And whenever a team's blown out, I think one of the first places many fans look to is coaching. And I think it's completely fair to question the coaching staff, not just based on their performance in this game, but frankly, on their performance through the entire season. I don't think the Jets coaching staff has done a particularly good job this season. And it really began right off the bat where on, in the first couple of minutes of the game, Robert Sala wasted a challenge on a play that essentially netted him five yards. And Sala won the challenge, so the Jets did get the five yards. But is a challenge really worth burning just to get five yards in the first 
in the first quarter early on, I would say, no, that's something that's really valuable, and you don't want to waste it. And I, I feel like even though the Jets won that challenge, they wasted it. And it's kind of like a microcosm into just the mistakes that the Jets have made. And, you know, I got to talk about the quarterback position because Tim Boyle did not help the Jets out that much in this game. I was not expecting him to, but I really questioned the decision to go to Boyle after this game. And I gave the Jets the benefit of the doubt. I gave the coaching staff the benefit of the doubt, which I should know better than to do by now when they went to Boyle. I felt the change needed to be made, and I've never been a big Trevor Simeon guy. So looking at the situation, I said, you know what? These guys see Boyle in practice every day. Maybe they see something. I know Boyle actually did have that pretty good game back in August against the Giants in the preseason. So maybe they see, maybe they know Boyle's better than Simeon. After watching this game, I don't see how they could have gone to Boyle over Simeon. I mean, I know Trevor Simeon is not great. Within the infrastructure the Jets have on offense right now, I don't think he'd do a whole lot better. He'd have to be better than this. So, I mean, Boyle doesn't even want to throw the ball down the field. Everything's a check down. And granted, I know the Jets aren't really playing a competent NFL offensive line. They can't really protect all that well for passes further down the field. But I really don't understand how the Jets could go to Boyle over Simeon. Simeon at least, you know, knows basic things. You know, you think he knows, like, where his outlets are. You think he knows how to make reads. You think he's not going to, like, check literally everything down the way Boyle does. And, I mean, here's the thing. I don't understand why Boyle's on this team. And I, I think the reason is he's just like friends with Aaron Rodgers. And the Jets have made many personnel decisions this offseason based on friendship with Aaron Rodgers. And I think we know that that's a mistake, you know, whether you want to blame Rodgers or whether you want to blame the front office. There have been plenty of errors in judgment in what the Jets did this offseason. And a lot of it goes back to they're trying to bring in people with relationships with Aaron Rodgers, you know, Nathaniel Hackett being the, the biggest one, biggest example. Boyle should not have started this game. I really don't understand why he was in there. And that brings me to Nathaniel Hackett, because I've been a very very harsh critic of Nathaniel Hackett. I don't think I've been unfair. This offense is one of the worst designed offenses I've ever seen. Look, I'm a, I've been a Jets fan for 30 years. I know a bad offense. I know a poorly designed offense. These things are not new to me. These are not new concepts to me. I don't know that I've ever seen a worse one. I mean, you know, granted, like maybe I'm misremembering how bad things got with Adam Gase. And I don't want to praise Adam Gase, but I mean, how many times are the Jets going to run the ball into the line, into a loaded box on first down with this offensive line, with this offensive line that can't hold blocks for anybody? Offensive line that's, frankly, the type of offensive line you'd see in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. And that's that's what this offensive line is right now for the Jets. And, you know, part of it's due to injuries, part of it's done due to bad roster construction. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, and I also see just zero creativity from Hackett. And granted, like, there's only so much you can scheme up. There's only so many different ways to get your guy, your, put your playmakers in position to make plays. But it's like Hackett does none of them. I mean, how many times do you see a guy schemed open? Almost never. How many times do you see the Jets try and do something creative to get the ball to Brees Hall or Garrett Wilson in space? You're two playmakers on this team. Very rarely. And even guys with very limited skill sets, you know, like Xavier Gibson, who doesn't bring a whole lot to the table, but brings speed. You know, where, why aren't they trying to get utilize that speed a little bit more? It's just not a very well-run offense. It's like Hackett has these ideas in his head, and he doesn't think critically for any of them. And look, I understand the quarterback situation's a mess right now. I understand the offensive line is a mess right now. I understand you've had injuries at both spots. I understand the receiver position is a mess right now. But the Jets aren't the first team that's ever had to, you know, go deep into the well with its quarterback situation. Jets aren't the first team that's ever suffered a devastating injury to a starting quarterback. 
I saw the Jets do that in 99 and get better quarterback play. I've seen plenty of really, really bad units. I've seen plenty of units with personnel issues up and down, up and down the offense, produce more than this. I mean, the Jets are on their way to set futil- records in futility. I mean, that's the pace that they're on right now. And Nathaniel Hackett has to take blame for that because they should be getting more. And I'm not saying that they should be great. I'm not saying they should be at the top of the league. They should be getting more. And part of this makes part of this. If you listen to these guys, especially Salah in the post game, and I don't want to like read too much of the post game comments because coaches aren't always forthcoming. But in the aftermath of this game, the only person I saw Robert Salah criticize was Brees Hall. Salah made a comment, something to the effect that Brees is trying to hit too many home runs. He's not lowering his shoulder and uh, you know producing bigger runs. Well. That makes I can't believe Salah said that because first of all, again, he's not criticizing anybody else. He's not criticizing any of the players who are underperforming. He's criticizing like the one good player on his off, or one of the two good players on his offense, along with Garrett Wilson. And Brees probably feels like he has to hit home runs because that's the only way this offense functions. Garrett can move the chains. Brees can hit a home run. If he doesn't, then this offense can't do anything. And Brees's home runs have been the best part of this offense all season. And beyond that, you know, this is a guy who goes to great lengths to defend Dalvin Cook. You know, you never hear Robert Sella say a bad thing about Dalvin Cook. He says bad things about Brees Hall. Well, I tell you, I watched the film. You, what, do you think, what do you think Dalvin Cook's doing? Dalvin Cook's not lowering his shoulder and taking, like, the extra yard or two. Dalvin Cook's trying to bust everything outside and hit a home run. But he doesn't have the speed to do it anymore. So I hear something like that. And, again, I don't want to read too much into it. Because I understand that, you know, coaches, especially Salad, they're not always forthcoming. But why is Brees Hall the one guy you're calling out? Because when you do something like that, it makes it sound like you don't understand the issues. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of the way he's handling Hackett. Hackett should not be calling plays anymore. Salad goes to great lengths to defend the job Hackett's doing. And I understand he's not going to do – Hackett's not a guy he's going to criticize publicly. You know, apparently that's only Brees Hall who's going to get criticized publicly. But it just makes it sound like he doesn't know what's wrong with the offense when he goes out and says something like that. And on top of, you know, all the other coaching missteps. You know, I, I told you, I watched the game with my grandmother. One of the things she said to me, the Jets ought to get rid of these coaches. And sadly, I agree. And I'm, I try and be hesitant to call for a coach's job. You know, with Todd Bowles, I really waited a long time. You go back with Rex Ryan, I really waited a long time. Adam Gase was an exception. I mean, Adam Gase was Adam Gase. I don't feel bad about that one. I really wanted to like Robert Sala. I really wanted to believe that this was the right coach for this team. But I look at this performance where, you know, there are mistakes up and down the up and down the coaching staff, up and down the roster. Just go Jets enter the fourth quarter of this game with like fifty yards of offense. They're doing nothing. And the response from this is we're gonna blame Brees Hall on top of the you know, the lack of creativity on offense, the, the everything Nathaniel Hackett's brought. This team's just not getting the coaching it needs to win. But they also don't have the roster to win, which is also a problem. It is a player's league. And as we continue on this Monday episode of the Lockdown Jets podcast, we're going to talk about the root causes of some of the problems the Jets have. You know, they just don't have the players, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And we'll go into more detail continuing this Monday edition of Lockdown Jets. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. 
And with the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. This is a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can take LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. And do you want to play alongside some of PrizePick's favorite players like rapper Meek Hill and comedian Andrew Schultz? Well, you can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the PrizePix community each week. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for your first deposit match of up to $100. Again, go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for your first deposit match of up to $100 using PrizePix. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Monday. We're recapping a Jets loss as they fall to the Miami Dolphins 34-13 on Black Friday. Jets fall to 4-7 and seven on the season. And as much as anything, I think this game once again exposed the deficiencies in the Jets roster. And I think you especially have to look at what the Jets did this past offseason. And, you know, I hate to relitigate everything that went on, but it's what we talked about. The Jets really, I think, had a bad offseason. I think they made a lot of moves that didn't make sense. I think they made a lot of moves where they were trying to I don't make Aaron Rodgers happy at the expense of building a full roster. And look, the Jets had a lot of bad luck this year. Any team that loses its starting quarterback in the first quarter of the first game for the full season, or I don't know, maybe Aaron Rodgers is coming back to practice soon based on some of the reports. But anytime you lose your starting quarterback for the majority of the season in the first game, it's tough to recover from. But the Jets really did not prepare themselves well at all for the year. I mean, you can look at the backup quarterbacks they brought in. Why are our only options Zach Wilson, Trevor Simeon, or Tim Boyle? And look, I know I think Simeon probably should be the starting quarterback of the three at this point, but you should have better options. That was a failure by Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. And then I look at the receiver position. Well, you know what? Their number one free agent addition, again, Rodgers was a trade, so I'm not, saying, not including Rodgers in this. Their number one free agent addition was Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard, and I called, I said this the day they signed him. This was the Aaron Rodgers tax. This was the Jets trying to make Aaron Rodgers happy. Well, he was never really that good of a receiver in Green Bay. He was a healthy scratch on Friday. He lost playing time to Jason Brownlee, an undrafted free agent rookie. Again, Alan Lazard, your number one free agent signing, was a healthy scratch Friday for Jason Brownlee, an UDFA rookie. And I don't want to denigrate Jason Brownlee. He played hard. He, you know what? He actually played better than Alan Lazard, Lazard has in recent weeks. He's not a guy who should be on the field for this team right now. You want to know why this offense, you know, had like 50 yards heading into the fourth quarter? Because they have no receivers and they have no quarterback. And the offensive line's a mess. And, you know, you can blame the injuries. And, yeah, that's fair. I mean, you could, weren't, couldn't have expected Connor McGovern to get injured. You, you know, you were hoping Elijah Vera Tucker would, would not suffer another season-ending injury. But... You know, here's the thing. Here's why I can't really let the Jets off the hook from the way they built this team. I went back and looked at what the Jets had at tackle heading into the season. I went back and looked at the initial 53-man roster. These were the tackles they had. Dwayne Brown, Mekhi Becton, Billy Turner, Max Mitchell, Carter Warren. I don't know why anybody thought this was a Super Bowl team with that tackle group. I mean, you were depending on your on Dwayne Brown and Mekhi Becton to be your starters. Brown's 38 years old. He's coming off a serious injury. He barely played in training camp in the preseason. This was a guy the Jets needed to hold up. I mean, what were the odds that was going to happen? Becton hasn't played that well. 
and surprisingly has been the most durable of the offensive linemen on the team, aside from Lakin Tomlinson, but now he's injured. And you had to realize that he was a huge wild card. You could not depend on Becton to play well. The whole season could not be depending on Becton to go out there and playing playing effectively. You didn't know what you were getting after two straight missed seasons. Then what did you have behind them? Turner, who you know really didn't give you a whole lot last year in Denver. He was on Nathaniel Hackett's team. Uh, after that, Max Mitchell, who really didn't show much as a rookie last year when he was pressed into duty. You were kind of it was more hoping than expecting. This was a depth player, and then Carter Warren, a day three pick, who's a rookie. You know, this offensive line was set up to fail, and a lot of that goes to Joe Douglas. And part of it, you know, again goes to the Jets bringing in guys who are familiar, somebody like Billy Turner, familiar to Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers, over perhaps better options. Not being proactive enough on this offensive line. There's no way you could go into the season where you know, Brown and Becton had to hold up. It's one thing if you need one of the two of them to hold up. You could not ask both of them to hold up or the season you know, would go down the drain. You know, the Jets set themselves up to fail on this one. And you know, that's, when you look back on this, look, I, I think the coaches need to go. I don't think they're good enough. I think they failed completely. I think this game was really the, the worst of the worst. I think this, you know, this team's shown it's not going anywhere. But ultimately, it's a player's league. And yeah, the Jets have had some bad luck this year. But they've also made a lot of their own bad luck because they took gambles they should not have taken. And they essentially have set up a situation on the offensive side of the ball where everything needed to go right. And if one thing went wrong, this was going to be a disaster. And guess what? A lot's gone wrong. And it should be no surprise right now. And a lot of it goes back to what they did this offseason. And it's nothing we weren't talking about at the time. We figured this out. You and I figured this out. Unfortunately, the Jets did not. And that's why they're in the position they're in. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. Helps us out. Helps other Jets fans find the show. Hope you have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.